This is David Pizarro from Cornell University, co-host of the Very Bad Wizards podcast, and I never listened to I Doubt It with Dolomore. I also never smoke crack. That's the stuff. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 287 of I Doubt It with Dolomore. I am your host, Jesse Dolomore, and the ever uber stressed out lady who co-hosts this show, Brittany Page, is with me. Let's just try not to think about it. <laughs> will that will that make it go away? Yes. <laughs> I believe it will. It is. It's coming to a head. Yeah. It really is. It's. It's mounting. Mm-hmm. All of this language is a little this bit This is talking about it. Did I... Again, what did I just say? <laughs> what was just said? <laughs> All right. Well, instead of that, can I... Can I give... Uh, it's not really a public service announcement, but can I do a product endorsement here on the show? Maybe that. Uh, Sure. Fuck you, Apple Maps. <laughs> that is not a product endorsement. <laughs> Took an interesting, an interesting turn. Miss Brittany P and I went to a concert yesterday, last night in we LA. Did. Yeah, self care. We drove to Los Angeles, self care because of Brittany's mounting levels of stress. Again, that's talking about it. <laughs> See, self care was just like a cryptic little message that I worked in oh, there, right. so it wasn't really talking about You're it. You're tangentially talking about it. Mm, whatever. Anyway. So the lovely Brittany Page and I went to a concert, Lake Street Dive. If you've never heard of them. Uh, you should check them out because they are fantastic. They are awesome. Real musicians. Yeah, they are so good. Anyway, it was raining its sick fucking ass off last night on the way there, and of course it gets darker a little earlier than you know. The time change did help, but so we left at about six o'clock to get there at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's like thirty-five miles. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, and, it's also L.A. traffic. Right. Well, it's it's it was rush hour mm-hmm. and raining, so it's kind of a problem. Yeah, so as soon as we come over this hill and we are on the 55, about to get on the 405. Yes, it's an episode of The Californians, everybody. And I just see that the, the traffic is stopped. I mean, we're just going to get on the freeway and sit. Right. Just rest. And so we have the Apple Maps on. And it says it says right now where we were. Yeah. That it was going to take that our arrival time was seven twenty. So that's about an hour and twenty minutes. Pretty to get good. There, Pretty is, good. That's kind of what we expected. Yeah. So Brittany flips on the directions and it says, "Hey, fuckers, I got a faster route for you." Yeah. And our our Siri is a little bit more crass than <laughs> yours, probably. Well, and it made sense because we were about to get on that freeway, which again was just stopped. There was no movement. Yeah. So we're thinking, okay, maybe she's right. Maybe this this time is going to be... She, meaning Siri, because we have the female voice on. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we listened to her. And God damn it. And it was a horrible, horrible mistake. Well, I almost turned around and just went home. 
I, I was very frustrated by the time because she was trying to take us to an alternative freeway, but taking surface streets. For those of you who know the Southern California area, she was trying to take us along a weird circuitous route to get to to, to the five. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Californians. It was still an hour later. We were still in goddamn Orange County. It's not a joke. It took us about 45 minutes to get to Disneyland. Yeah. Which is eight miles away. Yeah. It was infuriating. God damn. And so we were just silent in the car. because yeah. It was um, like we were fighting one another. It was basically trying to contain the <laughs> anger and not break my fucking phone. Wow. Yeah. A little F-bomb from Brittany Page. Stressed out, everybody. It's a monumental <laughs> occasion, everybody. Wow. I am, uh, uh, I'm digging this. I'm kind of digging the stressed out Brittany. That's good. Good times. Good times. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, not a good time. Finally did get there. Show was great. But uh, You know what? I still have more complaining to do because I was sitting in the car. <laughs> and I was watching the arrival time. Just later and later up and, up, and later. Yeah. And at one point, it said 7.55. Again, the concert starts at 8. Right. Doors are at 7. Yeah. And we left at 6. And it, I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Took us, what? And, and here's the deal. I don't even know. This happens every time we go to L.A. Something goes wrong with the goddamn Apple Maps. Yeah. So we were in L.A. and we were driving and everyone hates us. I'm so sorry. And we were on the 10, but we weren't yet on the 10. Okay. <laughs> uh, we were driving. What are you doing, Hester? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. We were driving along. We were driving along the 10. Okay. Getting ready Trying to, to get to Fairfax to the, the La Cienega. <laughs> Trying to merge onto the 10. Stir. <laughs> what are you doing, Hester? <laughs> and... And she said, she said, keep, keep right, keep right. And she kept saying, keep right. And wouldn't let us get on the 10. There were like two chances to merge onto the 10. And then the third time she said, okay, keep left for the 10. We were just driving alongside it, had several opportunities to get on it. Right. And she, I mean, what is this? What is going on? Well, we're switching to Google Maps. Or maybe Waze. Does Waze have a voice? I don't know, but she always get gets confused in cities. We she were, always listen, gets confused. A, a couple years ago, we were driving from Washington, D.C. to New York City, a route that I was very familiar with, but we just had it on. And Siri tried to get me to take some weird highway, and I'm like, I don't think that's right. I kept going, and sure enough, I looked later, and she was trying to take us to, you know, Rapeville or something. Rapeville? That doesn't sound fun. Rapeburg. Mm. Rapeboro. Mm. Anyway, we're done with Apple Maps, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. So before we move on, I want to I wanna give a little shout out, a little thank you. We, I forgot to do it last time. Uh, we checked the mail the other day and I got a gift from listener Bobby Pape. Now, Bobby... Uh, is a, not just a listener, but he's also the co-host of Little Red Bandwagon podcast, mm-hmm. which is a podcast about another podcast. Huh. It's like Inception shit going on. Yeah. Christopher Nolan shit happening. Sounds here. like it. Anyway, he's from Rhode Island, and he sent coffee syrup. 
Because mm-hmm. I made a, a reference to clams being like the thing in Rhode <laughs> Island. Right. And apparently I pissed off the entire tiny ass state of Rhode Island. Yeah. Because he sent me the state drink. Which is coffee syrup. <laughs> which is coffee syrup. Well, you, I guess you mix, mix it with milk like uh, yeah. like chocolate milk, mm-hmm. like syrup, you know, like kids do. Yeah. Anyway, I've uh, I've put it in coffee with creamer. I haven't... Uh, you put it in coffee? Yeah, I put it in my coffee with, with my half and half. And how was that? Uh, a little sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So... I haven't tried it yet, but that's only because the milk is three days within the expiration date. <laughs> so that means well, not, it's... That's a whole nother topic. That means it's off limits for me. Maybe we'll talk about that next time. So anyway... Mr. Pape, thank you very much. I like how you're treating me like I'm desperate to talk about the milk situation. (laughs) No, I'm going to talk about it. I'm trying to insert it into the conversation. I really like stress. Oh, we're going to talk about that next time. We're going to talk about that next time. I'm sure we will. I'm sure everyone can't wait to talk about that next time. All right. All right. How dare you? How dare you? So, Bobby, Bobby Pape, thank you very much for the drink that I probably won't drink much of. But it's mu- much appreciated, Brittany Page. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but we do have a, vo- a voicemail that we better get to before I lose my goddamn mind. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. It's Steve from Orange County. I'm going to try to cover these things in chronolo- uh, chronological order. I can't speak because I have so many thoughts on uh, my brain right now. Anyways... Number one, the handshake excuses for Donald Trump, I think, are idiotic. As the leader of the free world, you should have a very uh, high situational awareness. So to make that excuse, to just make it uh, a case for his unqualified, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it, his unqualified persons in the office. Uh, number two, holy shit, yesterday, uh, the Comey hearing, and that dude did the thingy at the very beginning where he summed up all of our concerns in like 20 minutes. That was fucking awesome. Go, dude. I don't know his name off the top of my head, uh, but he was the one that opened the statement. Um, I thought that was uh, an incredibly succinct version of, I think, what all of our concerns are. So I just want to say kudos to that guy. Um, and then GOP tries to spin it and go off on the NY Times and um, Washington Post. It's like the last half an hour or maybe, I don't know, maybe it was about two hours into it, they just started talking about those news stories, which I thought was idiotic to spend James Comey's time and uh, the NSA uh, gentleman's time uh, questioning them about articles. Uh, what the hell? I mean, get to the facts, and if you're not going to get to the facts, um and dismiss it. Anyways, I thought that was awesome yesterday. Um, oh, and Tommy Laird. <laughs> she got suspended. That was cool. Anyways, awesome show. Love you guys. Everybody's the best part. Take it easy. All right. Well, uh, a lot there. The handshake thing, I agree, obviously. Donald Trump needs to get his shit together. You can't, uh, you can't be dissing a who is effectively the leader of the free world now, Angela Merkel. It's no longer the president of the United States because we have this idiot at the helm. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that. It was global headlines. 
Yeah, but you also can't shake hands with a delicate laid. So, <laughs> Ooh. well, he shook her hand earlier. So it was it was definitely he's on film. Yeah, but that's like in front of people and people were asking him to and right. he was like being directed to. <laughs> well, listen, he, he can't be told what to do. The thing is is that he claims that he didn't know. That's no excuse either though. So he is claiming that he didn't know? That he didn't hear. That, I don't know. I don't know officially. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the only excuse I've heard. Hmm. And even if that's the case, not a good excuse. Because you you could call it an international incident because you aren't listening, aren't paying attention, derp, derp, thinking about golf, whatever he's doing, not good. Well, he's a fascinating character because I'm not one of those body language people. <laughs> uh, it, it drives me nuts when they have those people on the news. And I know. Well, I guess we won't get into that. But so we'll, we'll put it with the milk, uh, with the milk expiration date. We'll yeah. Just stow it. Yeah. So he definitely did interact differently though with justin trudeau oh yeah and abed japanese yes prime minister yes and every time he meets with one of these leaders he's he's different you know he doesn't do that pulling in handshake you know where he's trying to intimidate the man he didn't do that with justin trudeau right so I think that we get glimpses of how he responds to different people. I, I think in, in Trudeau, this is just, you know, uh, Monday morning quarterback, whatever the hell it's called, armchair quarterback guy. It, it seems to me that Justin Trudeau is like a man. He's an, a normal sized man. Handsome. Handsome, strapping guy. Where Abed's a little smaller than mm-hmm. Donald Trump. So he feels like he can manhandle him around. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it's... Whatever it is, it's Donald Trump has obviously ego and self esteem issues, and he should be not be letting that color how he is the president of the United States. Right. And so anyway, the the Comey hearings. Wow, that's what we're going to talk about a lot today. So I'm not going to go crazy on it, but I will say this: he mentioned the the ranking member. His name is Adam Schiff. He's a congressman of Los Angeles, somewhere in Los Angeles. There's a you know there's a lot of congressmen in L.A. because it's Highly populated, and that's how they proportion members of the House of Representatives. But uh, he gave an awesome summation of what is going on with Donald Trump related to Russia and the collusion, or the possible collusion. On this show, we just say collusion. And uh, I have released it. By the time you're listening to this, it's already released. I haven't done it yet, but... <laughs> Uh, a bonus episode of about 15 minutes of his 20-minute or 18-minute opening statement. It's just the guts of what you need to hear. And it is, if you have not listened to it, take the time, go somewhere where you can really listen and get your brain around all of the insane things related to Donald Trump and his people and Russia. Mm -hmm. It's important. Thanks for the call, Steve. We appreciate it very much. Um, I think that's where we're going to leave it with the calls and the emails because we do have a lot to get to. If you would like to sound off with the show, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We did get several messages, though, telling you to quit being so dumb oh, when you talk about how yeah, the... Episode is going too long. Multiple emails and at least two voicemails that I can remember. Yeah. 
telling me what in the fuck is your problem? Yeah, one of well, one of the things that they said is, uh, "Hey, that's not how podcasts work." Yeah, <laughs> and then the other one was, "We love the show. We want it. It, it can't be too long." Right. But he, here was okay. Let me clarify because I'm sure there was more people who thought that that didn't write in. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, it is me thinking of the audience because when I think about people who want to listen and listen to the whole show, I think of people who budget their time. And if they're expecting to spend an hour, five to an hour, 10 listening to the show, and then we go an hour 20, hour 28, hour 30, I'm cutting into time that wasn't allotted to us. Mm-hmm. So apparently I'm wrong. Look, I'll if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's my thinking there. So... Anyway, thanks for reminding me that I needed to address that. You are welcome, sir. Uh, I have some numbers to talk about. Oh, yeah, some follow-up. Yes. We talked about how Donald Trump's approval ratings are in the stinky shitter, and they still are, but it's even with a group that it's not good for him. Yeah, and this comes from Quinnipiac, so it's legit. Yeah. And this is good news. And I think this is news that... News <laughs> you can use. Yes. <laughs> news that supports what I've been trying to say. That people are listening and that it is possible to get in there and massage some brains. Yeah. And change some stuff. So okay. give us the numbers. <laughs> Quit teasing the goddamn numbers and lay them on us. Yeah. 37% of Americans approve of the job that President Trump has done since taking office. Think about that number, though. 37%. I mean, that's a low number, but it's still 37% think, oh, yeah, that Trump, he doing a real good job, y'all. He's a thief. Now Trump, he's getting it done. Only- he gonna build that wall. Only 43% of men approve of the job compared to 49%. Sorry, sorry, I wasn't listening. I was being an asshole. Repeat those numbers. Only 43% of men approve of the job compared to 49% in a March 7th poll. Okay. Republicans still approve across the board with 81% but lower than the 91% registered two weeks ago on March 7th. Yeah, that was the number that uh, Fox and Friends were going crazy about over on Fox News. Only Steve Ducey was practically in a masturbatory frenzy Mm. talking about 91% of Republicans. Only 44% of overall white voters approve, down from 49% in the previous poll, and a total of 60% of white women now disapprove. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is uh, not good for him. Sad. Sad. That's his base. We're talking about his base here. Yeah. <laughs> but but this is movement. Yeah, for sure it is. And again, it's it's uh, more evidence that we need to to, to do Britney's her, her user strategy to create a safe space for these people to come into and feel like, look, you made a mistake, you fucked up, but let's move on now. Because if we're going to build a coalition around impeaching Trump, it's going to take lots of phone calls, lots of support on the issue to get Congress to to move their asses because they are a bunch of lemmings. They're not leaders. 
in Congress. Well, and over the past couple of weeks, we have received a couple messages, voicemails that we haven't been able to play on the show. And some of them said that we were going too easy on Trump or yeah. that I was going too easy on Trump supporters. Sorry, not Trump, uh, Trump supporters. And I think these numbers are really illustrating why it's not helpful to shit on them. Feels good. Yeah, but in the end, it's not going to serve our purpose. That's right. It's not going to be useful. It's not going to be helpful. we got to weigh what's more important. Is it more important that you feel good, that you were right? Is it more important that you feel angry and, ah, I'm justified? Or is it more important to get him the fuck out of office? Also, listen, I just, I watched this CNN clip, and they went to this small town in Kentucky with, like, 2,100 people that live there. Yeah. And... The citizens in this city have horrible health problems. Yeah. And they were interviewed. And at first, they were talking about how Obamacare saved their lives because they are also poor. They couldn't afford to get help. But they were also Trump supporters. And so... That's anathema to me. They're interviewing these poor people who are very, very ill, who admit that without Obamacare, they would be dead. And they voted for Trump. And now... They're saying, some of them, not all of them, that they're afraid because they don't know what's going to happen now. And they thought, oh, yeah, we want some change and he's going to change the parts that I think should be changed. Of course, they couldn't articulate which parts they thought should be changed. But I feel bad for these people. And so do I. Because, listen, it's one thing to attack their their intellectual acuity relative to voting for him or whether they were racist or, you know, whether they were just politically off the charts stupid. But it's another thing when they're going to die because of their health complications. Their, their, their socioeconomic status is directly affecting the kind of care they receive or not receive. And these are lives. See, right. It is. It, we need to be compassionate. Mm-hmm. As tough as it is, I mean, it's far tougher for me than you. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you've convinced me. You've convinced me. <laughs> so thank ye. Yep. Yeah, right? <laughs> You're welcome. So the other thing related to this, and then we're going to move on. The uh, American Healthcare Act is what they're calling it. Trump care, Ryan Trump care, the vote is today for you. It is Thursday evening the vote is going to be. So I don't think they're going to get the votes unless they pull some rabbit right out of their assholes because <laughs> it's not looking good. The most conservative <laughs> members of the House and the Senate completely are opposing this. Yeah. And... uh I don't know. That gives me pause that even guys like Rand Paul, who would rather have no no health insurance laws at all, and that people just should fucking fend for themselves. That's kind of his <laughs> his idea. Well, John Kasich is also against it. Yeah. Well, he's against, I think, the repeal. What they need to do is do the smart thing and just put a Band-Aid on Obamacare. There's a lot of shit that's in Obamacare that's bad news, that's not good. Well, and the thing is, is this is just political. They want to say... Listen, that's right. I said that we would repeal Obamacare. Look, we did. Right. Well, it's going to be when it fails, it's going to be the second major, the the second of two major campaign initiatives that have failed. One being the 
the the uh, the Muslim ban, and the other being healthcare. Mm-hmm. His first two things are getting shot down. That's not good as far as political capital is concerned. Right. So anyway, so here we are, fucking right deep into politics, and we haven't even uh, gotten to uh, the mid roll. But before we do that, there is one thing we need to get to. And uh, wow. Earlier today, in London, England, there was a terrorist attack. And as always, I mean, listen, the United Kingdom, Great Britain, England, they are our, one of our two oldest allies, the United States. And just like siblings who have problems and who have had problems historically, they are still family. And when something like this happens, it it hits close to home. We have listeners in the United Kingdom. Right. Namely, Jonathan, who we have very fond feelings for. Mm -hmm. And um, anytime that there's loss of life and terror like this it's not necessarily the number dead but the psychic wounds that can happen as a result and there are multiple dead there are many many wounded at the hands of this act and we are we're thinking about london right now here briefly is mark rowley i I guess he's the counterintelligence director for new scotland yard and he is given a press conference explaining exactly what went down. Uh, good evening, my name's Mark Rowley. I'm the National Head of Counterterrorism Policing and I'm also Acting Deputy Commissioner. I want to make a statement about this afternoon's events and I'm going to try and cover three main areas. What we know about the incident, the ongoing operation and what London can expect over the coming days. As you know, we've declared this as a terrorist incident and the Counterterrorism Command are carrying out a full-scale investigation into the events today. The attack started when a car was driven over Westminster Bridge, hitting and injuring a number of members of the public, also including three police officers on their way back from a commendation ceremony. The car then crashed near to Parliament and at least one man, armed with the knife, continued the attack and tried to enter Parliament. Sadly, I can confirm that now four people have died. That includes the police officer who was protecting Parliament and one man, we believe to be the attacker, who was shot by a police firearms officer. The officer's family have been made aware. At least 20 people have been injured. As part of long-established and well-rehearsed plans, Parliament has been locked down and the Met responded in line with our plans for a marauding terrorist attack. That response included uniformed and specialist firearms officers. We now, of course, have an ongoing operation. And whilst we currently believe there was only one attacker, I'm sure the public will understand us taking every precaution in locking down and searching the area as thoroughly and exhaustively as possible. And I know that the officials working within Parliament and public in the area completely understand the need to do this. And I thank them for their patience and their support. This investigation has the full weight and expertise of the Counterterrorism Command behind it. 
And if there are people who saw the events unfold today but haven't yet spoken to us, I would urge them to get in touch. A crime scene will remain in place in the affected areas in Westminster and it is understandable it's vital we carry out a painstaking investigation to recover all the possible evidence. Looking forward, throughout the rest of the day, including when people are commuting home, and indeed over the days that follow, the people of London will see extra police officers armed and unarmed on our streets. This includes our officers working longer hours and extra shifts alongside our colleagues from British Transport Police in the City of London. And of course, as you're aware, we can call on the support of the military should we need to at a future point. We are also in the process of opening up our casualty bureau to help those people who are worried about friends and family who may have been caught up in the attack. Furthermore, we're reaching out to communities and community leaders across London to reassure them. Our strength as a city depends on our ability to stand together at such terrible times. If anyone sees anything suspicious or anything that causes concern, please do, do, do contact us, don't hesitate. My thoughts are with all those who have been affected by today's attack and as a service we've lost one of our own as he acted to protect the public and his colleagues. This is a day we planned for but we hope would never happen. Sadly it's now a reality. We will continue to do all we can to protect the people of London. Now obviously Every citizen is important. Every citizen holds weight. Every citizen has their own life. And they are important. However, when, when a terrorist organization attacks members of parliament, the center of government, they attack everyone in a, in a special way, in a unique way. They are attacking the very fiber of the union, of the organization of the people of England. And we have gone through several of these. And again, listen, we we here on the show, Brittany and I, I, I guess, I'm sure I can speak for both of us. Mm-hmm. That we, our hearts go out to you there, our, all of our listeners there, and uh, we're thinking of you in these tough times. It's hard to know what else to say other than that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it, it never becomes something that you just don't have a reaction to. It's, it's, it's always something that takes your breath away. It's always something that you don't know what to say, and... We we didn't want to let it pass by without being absolutely uh, addressed. Yeah. Well, it's listen. If anything else, it's time to double down in our resoluteness to battle radical Islamic terror. I'm not talking about average everyday Muslims. I'm not even talking about conservative Muslims. I'm talking about these assholes, these maniacs, these murderous thugs who pledge their loyalty to ISIS. Troubling times. It really lets us know and opens our eyes that there are still very big problems that need to be addressed in our world. Anyway, we love you, England. We're thinking of you. It'll get better.
Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Jan. Jan. Another J name. Another J name. Seriously. It's beautiful. It's fucking weird. Where are all of the B names? They're uh they're not with us. Yeah. We have a few. We have a couple of Bretts. Mm-hmm. We have uh yeah, fuck, I'm not gonna be able to remember. I know what's going on right now. <laughs> What are you trying to do? Anyway, listen, we are getting closer and closer and closer toward that goal of uh, that we've set to do a third show. And we cannot be more thankful, more appreciative to our audience because you guys, being a listener-supported thing is super unique. It's not a normal thing. And uh, we feel humbled by your guys' support and love and loyalty to the show. Yeah, um, if I think about it too much, I start to get emotional. A little misty, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's not just because of the crippling stress. So (laughs) thank you so much, you guys. We we really appreciate it. Awesome. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, like he just said in the voicemail... Steve, the Comey hearing happened, the Russia hearing, the House Intelligence Committee met, chaired by Devin Nunez. Apparently, it's not pronounced Nunez. Yeah. Because there's not the little the little squiggly so over, how, over the second N. So how is it pronounced? Nunez. Hmm. He's another California congressman. Yeah. Somewhere north of LA, Bakersfield area or something. I'm sure he does a great job. And it is the ranking member who is, I guess, just the Democrat who's in charge. I guess that's the best way to explain it. Mm-hmm. He, The co-chair, but who's the minority. He doesn't have as much power. Right. He is Adam Schiff, the guy that I mentioned who we released it or will release the 14 minutes of delicious Trump detail. He is the ranking member. Well, a couple things happened. James Comey, the director of the FBI, testified alongside of Mike Rogers, Admiral Mike Rogers, who is the director of the National Security Agency, the NSA. First, let's get right out of the way. Comey being asked a question by Adam Schiff about the tweets that Donald Trump has bestowed upon the world about Obama wiretapping him. And Comey puts that shit to bed. Director Comey, was the president's statement that Obama had his wires tapped in Trump Tower a true statement? With respect to the president's tweets about alleged wiretapping directed at him by the prior administration, I have no information that supports those tweets, and we have looked carefully inside the FBI. The Department of Justice has asked me to share with you that the answer is the same for the Department of Justice and all its components. The department has no information that supports those tweets. The president accused Mr. Obama and presumably the FBI of engaging in McCarthyism. As you understand the term McCarthyism, 
do you think President Obama or the FBI was engaged in such conduct? I'm not going to try and characterize the, the tweets themselves. All I can tell you is we have no information that supports them. So there you have it. Direct from the horse's goddamn mouth. FBI Director James Comey speaking for the FBI and the greater Justice Department at large. No. We haven't seen any of that shit. That's not happening. That didn't happen. Not true. Now, he's not going as far as to say Trump is a liar because, you know, that's not what's politically expedient. That's not what's friendly and my good friend across the aisle, all that bullshit. But Trump's a liar about this. They went on. This wasn't the opening of the hearing. But James Comey did give an opening statement in which he admits, and in no uncertain terms, he admits that they are investigating Donald Trump and his campaign and high-level members within the campaign and the transition team and have been doing so since July. I have been authorized by the Department of Justice to confirm that the FBI, as part of our counterintelligence mission, is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. And that includes investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government, and whether there was any coordination between the campaign and Russia's efforts. As with any counterintelligence investigation, this will also include an assessment of whether any crimes were committed. Because it is an open, ongoing investigation and is classified, I cannot say more about what we are doing and whose conduct we are examining. At the request of congressional leaders, we have taken the extraordinary step, in coordination with the Department of Justice, of briefing this Congress's leaders, including the leaders of this committee, in a classified setting in detail about the investigation. But I can't go into those details here. I know that is extremely frustrating to some folks, but it is the way it has to be. For reasons that I hope you and the American people can understand, the FBI is very careful in how we handle information about our cases and about the people we are investigating. So, big news. Well, and I want to say before this all happened, Donald Trump tweeted. Yes, and, of course he did. And he called the possibility of collusion with Russia fake news. Yes. And urged Congress and the FBI to drop the matter, um, focus on important things. Right. And the fact that he did that before this is... It's just so disturbing. I mean, everything he does is disturbing, but this is like trying to strong arm them. Right. Right. I'm the president. I'm going to tweet that this is fake news to ensure that the people who follow me uh, don't care about what you say when you are interrogated. Right. What, what do you call it? What, what would happen to him? Questioning? Yeah. Should I call it interrogated? No, probably not interrogated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, Questioned by an oversight committee. But it's also alarming because Jeff Sessions refused to recuse himself, eventually did, 
eventually had to because it became public right. that he had lied right. about his meetings with the Russians. Right. And so it's just scary because how are we going to avoid That's some right. sort of meddling situation from the Trump administration? Without the leaks that are taking place. Yeah. We would not know what we know. Without the leaks, Jeff Sessions would still be at the helm of the Justice Department and likely wouldn't have given the information that Director Comey just laid out. Right, and the leaks are always called fake news, but look what's happening as a result of the leaks. Relative to Donald Trump's tweets, let me let me say this. The, and it was a tweet fucking storm that morning. There was like four to six tweets all about this bullshit. I wonder if he could be afraid. That's what I think. The, the more he kicks and screams, and the more... It's one of those, uh, I, me thinks thou protest too much, or whatever the yeah. fuck, with, from Shakespeare. Yeah, that sounded good enough, yeah, Jesse whatever. D. That's a paraphrase. That's a Jesse D. paraphrase of old Bill Shakespeare. Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> I, don't no, know, I don't know what's <laughs> happening right now. So anyway, the more he kicks and screams, the more he tries to, to push back, yeah. makes me think, huh... There must be something here. Yes. Otherwise, Go harder. Keep digging. Yeah, if nothing's there, it'd be like, yeah, fuck, dig into it. Yeah. Look. Look, you'll find nothing. There's nothing there. Right. Not. Don't look over here. There's nothing to see. Well, it's the same thing with <laughs> Sean Spicy Spicer. Yeah. He has a press conference, and they refer to Paul Manafort, the former chairman of Donald Trump's campaign. They refer to him as, what, what did he say? He said uh, he referred to Paul Manafort as having a limited role for a limited time on yeah. the campaign. Yeah. The campaign chairman, who was on every fucking news channel doing interviews, had a limited role for a limited time. Well, listen, Donald Trump is also saying that he doesn't know Carter Page. Well, th- well that's what I mean by this. We know that Paul Manafort didn't have a limited role for a limited time. We know Carter Page was a chief policy advisor in the beginning. We know these things. We have it on tape. They were talking about this. Now, they are trying to rewrite history. And why do you think that is? It's because they know there is massive liability there, and they're trying to distance themselves. Well, and no one can believe anything he says. Yes, I mean, just look at that video of the compilation where he's talking about Vladimir Putin. Oh, I have a great relationship with Vladimir Putin. Uh, Fuck that guy. I don't know Putin. Yeah. He's not my best friend. He's he's all over the place. Yeah. So you can't believe anything he says because it's obvious that he is like a child and when backed into a corner or afraid he's going to be in trouble, he starts lying. That's that's his tool to get out of trouble is to lie. Right. Or go on a Twitter tirade. And have his followers circle the wagons. Yeah, create a distraction. That's exactly right. Lie, create distraction. So, over the course of the next couple of days, a lot of talk on on the news, a lot of talk um, on 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 outlets everywhere, a lot of talk from congressmen, a lot of talk from senators, and Devin Nunez, Devin <laughs> Nunez, Devin Nunez. It's hard for you. He came out today. And made a statement to the press without having consulted his co-chair, the ranking member, Adam Schiff. He went straight to the media and was letting them know he was running to the president to let them know some new information 
explosive information that he had just found. So first, I recently confirmed that on numerous occasions, the intelligence community incidentally collected information about U.S. citizens involved in the Trump transition. Details about U.S. persons associated with the incoming administration, details with little or no apparent foreign intelligence value, were widely disseminated in intelligence community reporting. Third, I have confirmed that additional names of Trump transition team members were unmasked. And fourth and finally, I want to be clear, none of this surveillance was related to Russia or the investigation of Russian activities or of the Trump team. The House Intelligence Committee will thoroughly investigate surveillance and its subsequent dissemination to determine a few things here that I want to read off. Who was aware of it, why it was not disclosed to Congress, who requested and authorized the additional unmasking, whether anyone directed the intelligence community to focus on Trump associates, and whether any laws, regulations, or procedures were violated. So there's a lot there to unpack. First, let's talk about what unmasking is. When a national security apparatus like the NSA or the CIA is surveilling a foreign objective, let's say Ambassador Kislyak, the Russian ambassador to the United States. We'll just use him as as an example. When they're surveilling him and they're monitoring his phone calls, which is completely legal, if he calls or if someone, because first of all, let's say this. The NSA and the CIA are not allowed to surveil Americans. That would be the job of the FBI mm-hmm. if they have a warrant. So if if I were to call Ambassador Kislyak, who they are surveilling, right. they're allowed to continue listening as long as it's pertinent, mm-hmm. even though I'm an American, because I'm talking to someone that is the object of their surveillance. Right. So in their reports, that is a masked individual. I would be listed as, you know, individual 1A275, whatever they they give me a label. Mm -hmm. I'm the American. They don't give my name. They don't give any details because they don't want that to be known if if it doesn't, if it's not going to be productive in an investigation. Right. They don't want to implicate an innocent person in a criminal... That's exactly right. So, if that is the case, I wouldn't be allowed to say, I was wiretapped by President Obama (laughs) because I I wasn't the target. It was incidental communication. Right. Is what they call it. Mm -hmm. Incidental collection is what they call it. So... That's what I want you to focus on. I'm going to play just a, a brief excerpt from what you just listened to, which I believe is the most important thing of what he said to the press that day, today. So first, I recently confirmed that on numerous occasions, the intelligence community incidentally collected information about U.S. citizens involved in the Trump transition. What that means, based on the rules set forth by our federal government and our intelligence agencies, relative to collection of data, relative to surveillance, relative to monitoring of foreign powers, is 
they didn't collect data or they didn't collect calls and 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 surveillance of Donald Trump talking to Ivanka because that's illegal. They had to have calls with foreign entities that were already under investigation, that were already actively being monitored. Right. So this is damning evidence already that he's telling us. Some say that likely he revealed classified information unwittingly. So how could he be so dumb to shoot himself in the foot like this? Because I think what he was trying to do was the opposite, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's trying to bolster his case. So how did that go wrong? I mean, did he just not think this through? He got a little too excited, a little hopped up. Well, we, 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 we should say this. Devin Nunez, Devin Nunez, Nunez. There you go. Devin Nunez was a part, an official part of the Trump transition team. So he's got a he's got a dog in the fight here. He's not just some random congressman from California who happens to chair the House Intelligence Committee. He was on yeah the Donald Trump transition team. So. Also, I need to explain. This is—it's like a soap opera. Brittany. <laughs> Seriously, it's insane what happened today. Yeah, or this week in general. It needs to be said that his role—he is a part of the legislative branch. He's a part of Congress. He—he he has no duty to report to the president. In fact, they are, in many ways, oppositional forces. Mm-hmm. The Congress and the president. They are co-equal branches of government, but they are not. He doesn't have a duty, nor do I think that he has a responsibility or even an expectation. I think it's inappropriate for him to go and do what he did today. Because after he gave this press conference on Capitol Hill to a gaggle of reporters, he ran his little ass up to the president and briefed Donald Trump on what he had found out. Keep in mind, we don't know where he got this information. It may have come from Donald Trump in whatever form. We don't know. That is sheer speculation on my part. Because he won't say from whom he got the information. He also didn't brief his co-chair, the ranking member, Adam Schiff. He didn't provide the information to the other members of the Intelligence Committee. So, once Adam Schiff found out about it, he, well, one, he's a pretty metered guy. <laughs> he he kind of got pissed off, and he gave his own press conference and leveled what I believe to be very mild-mannered accusations that if I were in that place, it would have been a lot more fiery. I want to make a few comments about the uh, chairman's statement today. Uh, first, I think it... Uh, Gravely concerning to the members of the committee uh, that the chairman would receive information that is pertinent to the scope of our investigation, and instead of sharing that information with the committee, uh, would share that information with the White House. Uh, The committee has still not received the intercepts or other information that the chairman was referring to, uh, and therefore it is really impossible for us to evaluate any of the merits of what the chairman has said. But I can say this. Uh, the chairman will need to decide whether he is the an independent investigation into conduct, which includes allegations of potential coordination between the Trump campaign and the Russians, 
or he is going to act as a surrogate of the White House uh, because he cannot do both. Uh, and unfortunately, I think the actions of today uh, throw great doubt uh, into the ability of both the chairman and the committee to conduct the investigation the way it ought to be conducted. Uh, I have expressed these grave concerns with the chairman. Uh, I only learned uh, about this uh, the way uh, that all of you did uh, when the chairman briefed the press in advance of briefing his own committee members. Uh, and that is a deep, deep problem. I think it does underscore the importance of establishing an independent commission, uh, some, uh, a, a body that is uh, fully uh, independent of any political considerations, including those that may emanate from the White House. Uh, that would certainly give me a lot of confidence that in addition to whatever work our committee does and the Senate Intelligence Committee does, that there is a truly independent body uh, that is looking into the grave issues that have been raised. Uh, second, with respect to the intercepts themselves that the chairman referenced, those have not been provided to the committee for our evaluation. Um, but on the basis of what the chairman has said and on the basis of my conversation with the chairman, I can say this. Uh, there is still no evidence that the president was wiretapped by his predecessor. Uh, president Trump's claims that he was remain as baseless today as they were, were yesterday. Uh, and they were the day before when the directors of the FBI and NSA uh, testified that they were made without any basis in fact. So that, I think, was the play here. That Donald Trump dispatched Devin Nunes, gave him this information. This is my speculation. Gave him the information so he could come up there and brief him to still float this idea to give some credibility to the claim, the false claim, the repeatedly debunked claim that Obama had uh, Donald Trump wiretapped. Right. Because here's what I think that happened here. I think they overplayed their hand because Donald Trump is stupid. Because he's not a smart man. He's not a, a skilled politician. He doesn't understand what this is going to bring about. Because what Adam Schiff was just talking about there could likely come to pass because of this move. Because Devin Nunes just proved himself to be absolutely partisan with no ability to be independent, to, with no ability to investigate this as an independent arbiter, separate from the executive branch, because of that, there are legitimate calls now for an independent investigator. Like Adam Schiff said, in so many words... Do you want to be chairman of the independent House investigative committee in the intelligence committee? Or do you want to be Trump's cabana boy? Do you want to rub, rub suntan lotion on Donald Trump? <laughs> Which do you want, motherfucker? Because mm -hmm. you can't have it both ways. Do you want to be a part of the Trump administration? Remaining on the transition team, cozied up to the orange face Fuhrer? Or do you want to have a respected, independent post of chairman of the House Intelligence Committee? Well, and I, I don't know why so many people are standing by Donald Trump and trying to protect him and make him look good because he's doing this to himself. That is right. And I think 
you said he's dumb, and that's why you believe this is happening. I do. Well, I, I'm unskilled in the in, in politics. Yeah, I think he's just so used to behaving like this. Like, this is just what he does. Yeah. This is how he treats sure. people. This is how he speaks to people. And he's had 70 years to perfect this way of being. <laughs> and it's really difficult to change. I mean, he's 70 years old, and he's been rewarded for behaving like this. You wouldn't have your job if you weren't beautiful. His whole life, he's been rewarded. Yeah. And he's, he's never really had consequences. I mean, what have his consequences been? A, 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 a handful of divorces? He moves on to younger, hotter women. Again, that's not a consequence. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't see that as a consequence. It's, it's problematic when you're dealing with someone like this. Well, he does insane things that would sink any other person... And he flourishes. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And especially with this, this whole FBI investigation. Because when the campaign was going on, right? Hillary Clinton under right. investigation. Yes. Huge talking point for conservatives. She could never be president. She's not fit to be president because she's under FBI investigation. Oh, my God. Now you ask Trump supporters, I've seen I've seen them be asked this question on the news. So it just came out that he has been under FBI investigation since July. What's your reaction to that? I don't really care. That's hilarious. And I would love to hear the next question. How did you feel about Hillary Clinton being under FBI investigation? Oh, I had I couldn't believe that. She she shouldn't be president. Okay, why? Are you treating the two people differently when it's the same situation? Right. In fact, there was probably more problematic behavior from Donald Trump. Not probably, most certainly. More problematic behavior colluding with a foreign hostile government than Hillary Clinton deleting some fucking emails that might have been financially uh, displayed some financial impropriety. Maybe. Come on. It's funny you say that, though, because I took a screenshot of someone's profile today that I went to. I was tagged in a Facebook conversation, and some guy was being kind of a douche. So I looked I looked at his profile, and this is a picture from November 6th, two days before the election. Perfect. And it says, I'm voting for the presidential candidate not under FBI investigation. Yeah. It's like a meme. There you go. You are, huh? Well, are you still supporting your guy? Yeah. You fucking guy. <laughs> well, and I want people to stop pretending as though they're supporting this person because he has some great policy position right. or he is doing something wonderful. No, you're just supporting him because it's party over everything else. Right. That's it. And at this point, Which is any, sad. at this point, anyone who tries to say anything else is they're not they're being disingenuous right I well or maybe and I'm being Brittany Page here maybe they're so in the tank now that they can't intellectually drag themselves out so they really just convince themselves you know what I mean yeah I mean, like cognitive dis dissonance I just think they, they just they're comfortable there even yeah. though it's I don't know I don't know well I, I, you're right you're probably right I just get very frustrated. Yeah. Because the whole, you know, I like to I like to have discussions with people. And this is very difficult 
when it comes to discussions, when you're trying to talk to somebody and you put down a logical argument and you genuinely want to know why logically, because these two things cannot exist together and it just goes nowhere. Well, it's, it's like if someone says, I hate blue, the color blue fucking sucks. I hate it. And then two months later, they're singing the praises of, of the color blue. Like, hey, what? I thought you hated blue. No, no, no. Blue is great. Yeah, but you used to hate blue. Blue is really great. Yeah, but you used to hate it. Look, blue is the greatest. I mean, it, it is. It's infuriating. It, as infuriating as me trying to get that out was that terrible metaphor. I also don't, I don't think it was good. <laughs> I don't think it, I'll just come out and tell you. I, I don't think it was good. Well, you enraged me. I'm very yeah, bad right because now. Because <laughs> I, I wouldn't be so frustrated with people who come out and say, I, I was wrong. I shouldn't be supporting Donald Trump. And that's almost what you're. No, they're not saying wrong. They say. Well, they used to hate. You, yeah. Now you, they love. No, but you don't, you're, you're not saying they're not saying they're wrong. They're just ignoring the fact that they said the thing before. Oh, okay. So I'm right. Is that what makes you're more sense. <laughs> Still dumb. <laughs> makes sense. All right. Well, let's move on here. A little because, better. Listen, the soap opera continues. Oh God. After Devin Nunes got done putting sunscreen, wiping lotion on the back of Donald Trump. In the form of a briefing about oh, what God. he had just learned. Can you imagine? Uh, it's a bummer. That's not good. He came out and briefed the press again outside of the White House. permission to put out this information today. Does the Justice Department give you the okay to, to talk about this? Justice Department has, doesn't have anything to do with this. So how this, is information, this is information that was brought to me that I thought the president needed to know about incidental collection where the president himself and others in the, in the Trump transition team were clearly put into intelligence reports that ended up at this White House and across a whole bunch of other agencies. And I thought it was important for the president to know this. That's why I briefed the speaker this morning and I came down here uh, as soon as I could. Hold on. How yes, many people are you are you seeing in these reports? And do any of them currently work at the White House for Mr. Trump? Yeah. It. Uh, well, I don't want to get into the specifics of it because look, we don't. We only have. Well, I was only able to see a few dozen. Um, of which I think a lot of it does have foreign intelligence value. So let's not. Uh, a do- uh, there were dozens of reports that I was able to see uh, that were hoping that the NSA. FBI, CIA will provide, because I know they exist, so I want them to provide them to our committee so that all the members have an opportunity to see uh, what I've been shown. I think the president is, is concerned, and he, and he should be. I think he'd like to see these reports. And I'd hopefully, uh, hopefully when we get them, hopefully they'll get them to the White House also. Mr. Chairman, do you believe the president appropriately used the word wiretapping? Was it used correctly in his tweets based on the information that you have seen? Well, look, I think the wiretapping, you know, if you use it generally, like the president has said, uh, you know, he clearly, you know, used it differently than what I think a lot of people took it, which was did Obama actually wiretap Trump Tower, which we know didn't happen. I think the president's been pretty clear on that. But the physical act of wiretapping, do you see anything in... Wait a minute. The president's been pretty clear 
on how vague he's being with the word? Is that what the fuck he just said? Come on. Devin Nunez. I'm... The president is not being clear. He's being very vague about a very specific word. Wiretapping covers a couple of different things. It doesn't mean putting a cup against the door and listening in. It means something legal. There's a definition that falls under the law. It's not whatever he wants it to fucking be. And he's not just Donald Trump, the businessman now. He's the president of the United States whose words carry weight. And Devin Nunez is, is being ridiculous right now in his defense of Donald Trump. Let's let the clip run out. No, no, that, no, that, and I said that on day two after. Mr. Chairman, you spoke of. you rule out the possibility that senior Obama administration officials were involved in this? No, we cannot. No, we cannot. Anyway, so there's a couple things here. One is that you need to take away that he said, I briefed the president as soon as I could. Not your job. If you felt the president needed to be briefed, you probably should have contacted the Justice Department, which resides within the purview of the president. They are also in the executive branch of the government. That is what a normal committee chairman would do. They wouldn't run their happy ass up there to the White House and do it themselves. It's almost like he's behaving as though he's panicked. Yes. Like he's panicking. Yes. And he doesn't know what to do. This is playing out like a soap opera, like a weird, like something's fucking afoot. Something's going on here. Why is he freaking out? It's unseemly. It's un. It's undignified. He's a chairman of a powerful committee. I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. We will find out. Yeah. Because an independent investigation is likely to come from this. Maybe not next week or next month, but I think it's going to happen. This is very Nixon-esque. Everything that happened with the Nixon campaign, with the Nixon uh, administration and its downfall, you could see it playing out here. Well, John McCain came out today and said that Congress no longer has the credibility to independently tackle a probe of Russian meddling. Absolutely. And awesome. You're going to start seeing more Republicans come out and say this. Yes. I, I think. Yes. Because they're going to lose all credibility if they don't. Well, they're going to lose, a, they'll lose their own seats. And th- once they're in danger, because popularity means something, these polls that we open the show with, they mean something when it comes to re election for these assholes. Now, John McCain just got reelected. And he's probably not going to run again in six years. So he has the freedom to say, fuck this. This is not good. And I think he also has the power and influence to bring others with him. It might take another eight or ten months. Because once the, the decline in popularity of Donald Trump continues to slide, they'll be more free to make the move. Now, that's. That's cowardly, but that is just the way it is. So we'll wrap this particular section up because just a couple of hours ago, Anderson Cooper revealed 
that they have an exclusive, that there is a link between Trump and the Russian government. Begin tonight with the CNN exclusive. CNN has learned new details of the FBI investigation into potential links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government. CNN's Pamela Brown and Evan Perez join us now. They broke the story along with our justice reporter, uh, Shimon Prokupes. Pam, first, what are you learning? Well, Anderson, the FBI has information that indicates associates of President Donald Trump communicated with suspected Russian operatives to possibly coordinate the release of information damaging to Hillary Clinton's campaign, uh, U.S. officials told us. FBI Director James Comey made his bombshell announcement, as you'll recall, Monday before Congress that the FBI is investigating the Trump campaign's ties to Russia. So the FBI is now reviewing this information, which includes human intelligence, travel, business, and phone records as well as accounts of in-person meetings, according to the officials we've spoken with. And the information is raising the suspicions of FBI counterintelligence investigators that the coordination may have taken place, though officials we've spoken with cautioned that this information was not conclusive and that this investigation is ongoing. The FBI would not comment, nor would the White House, though Trump officials have denied there is any evidence of collusion, Anderson. So they're being vague there. But it sounds to me like they have some juice that they're going to kind of bleed out. CNN, Pamela Brown, Evan Perez. And I am very curious over the course of the next, you know, seven to ten days what takes place because that is damning. And also it lines right up with what uh, Devin Nunez just said. That they that they were in contact with foreign powers, meaning Russia, to facilitate the release of information that would be damaging to Hillary Clinton. That would put them in line to be a part of incidental collection from a national security agency like the NSA, the FBI, or the CIA. It's not looking good for Donald Trump. Zero hour is approaching. His impeachment, I believe, is imminent. All right. If you have comments or questions, we would love to take them. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Taking care of biz. I don't really want to say this, but Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas is taking care of biz. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a bummer, but yeah, Begru- in a way, be- in a way. Begrudgingly, yeah. they're taking care of biz. Yeah, so Arkansas's governor signed legislation ending the state's practice of commemorating Confederate General Robert E. Lee on the same holiday is Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, wow. Well, well that is taking care of biz then. That's good. good. Yeah. I mean, it took them this fucking long. Yes. But, and they did it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But that is good news. Yeah. Republican Governor Hutchison championed the bill. Asa Hutchison. Which also, that's why I didn't say his first name. Didn't For, know how to say it. Former United States Senator. Which also expands what is taught in schools about civil rights and the Civil War. Saying it would unify the state and improve its image it seems less important but okay well their reputation's very important yeah 
Um, Them there Razorbacks. So this leaves only two more states that do this ridiculous BS. Let me guess. Mississippi for sure. Mississippi. And uh, South Carolina already stopped. Alabama. Alabama. Really? Yes. (laughs) So. Mississippi. Alabama. A proposed... Wait, wait. Hang on. A proposal is pending in the Alaba- on the Alabama legislature to end the state's joint holiday in January and move the commemoration of Lee's birthday to Confederate Memorial Day, which Alabama celebrates as a state holiday in April. Really? All of- There's a whole bunch there that is bullshit to unpack. One, you don't need to celebrate the birthday or commemorate the birthday of Robert E. Lee, who was a a horrific Confederate general. You don't need to do that on the birthday celebration day of Martin Luther King Jr. You just don't need to do that. Second of all, you don't need to do it at all. And third of all, you have a a, a Confederate War Memorial Day, celebrating the day, celebrating uh, the fact that you were traitors to the United States. The Confederate States of America fought against the United States. That's treason. So the governor of Arkansas (laughs) said this is an education bill in which the discussion educated each of us. And we learned that history needs to be viewed not just from our own lens, but through the eyes and experience of others. Hmm. It's a good message. But also correct the way that you see it, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a little bit. Try. If they're trying to say, well, you know, they need to look at our way. That would be great. Right. We have looked at your way. It's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, this is progress, though. It is. It is. And I don't know how many times I have to say that. I don't know why every time I say it, oh, this is progress. Oh, I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but it is. It is. Well, look, if we only have now two remaining, well, that is progress. That's good news. That, albeit, you know, it's 20 fucking 17. Come on. Kidding me. Anyway, we'll wrap it there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We cannot express our gratitude of our Patreon and PayPal supporters who are propelling us. Well, that's a lot of P's. Propelling us toward our financial goal of putting out three shows a week. We're still toying around. I'm technologically figuring it out how to do a live show. We're going to do a test live show where Brittany and I just kind of hang around here for two hours at the mics and wait for calls to come in because we can't be doing it live live. You'll just we'll post what times and then you guys just call and maybe fight through busy signals or whatever. But we are going to do it and we're going to test it out. So I think that'll be our third episode coming once we hit that goal. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Until next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore and this is Ben I doubt it. And not break my fucking phone. Wow. Yeah. Little F-bomb from Brittany Page. <laughs> <laughs>